It is that time. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Victory Friday to everybody who watched that Tennessee Vols game last night. I'm so happy. It was 61 degrees when I woke up this morning. The Tennessee Vols made a game. We have a football game to talk about all throughout the course of the next three hours. We'll have John Reed of Fox Sports Knoxville, and we will get his reaction to a victory over the mighty Bowling Green last night at Neyland Stadium. Still good to have football back in our lives. We have plenty to discuss based on that performance, though. What you liked, what you didn't like. What was your reaction to seeing this first iteration of Josh Heupel's career? 615-737-1045 is the number. 615-737-1045 is how you talk about Joe Milton, the defense, the offensive line, Jalen Hyatt's drops, everything. You can do that right here until 1 o'clock, and really all throughout the course of the day with Blaine and Mickey and 3HL. So we walked in, or I, I was driving in to work this morning, and I was listening to Jason Martin, Jonathan Schaefer, Jonathan Schaefer, Ramon Foster, J. Martin Ramon, four hours right before this. And I heard this atrocity coming through my radio. I was told that the man who is doing these pregame raps, I believe his name is VFL Bowser. I, I turned on the radio and heard this god-awful noise coming through my car speakers, and I almost threw my phone against my car windshield. What the hell are they doing? And now they're going to have him on every Friday before Vols games? I want to fight somebody. I want to fight somebody worse than I did when I knew I was going to walk in here and take three hours of calls about Cam Newton as the backup quarterback for the Titans. I want to fight somebody. That we cannot have. How do I, how do I, how do I make this stop, Lucas? I need guidance here. You have literally no control. <laughs> Surely there's, there's something can I can do. do. No, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, just I'm looking at the comments that are left over on Zone TV from the YouTube and the Twitch and Facebook and what are to sound like my parents, the YouTube and the Twitch. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of fire emojis, laughing emojis. No, what, what, whatever that was, it wasn't good. It has to stop. <laughs> if the people like it, what you think doesn't matter. Oh, God, isn't that the truth? So, so did we like what we watched last night? That's my question. You like the, you like the final score, of course. You like the fact that you were scoring at will basically throughout the course of the first quarter. And, and really, I mean, outside of the second quarter, you were scoring basically at will. Now, they left points all over the field last night, and that's something we're going to talk about at length because the Joe Milton experience, it went, I don't know if it went as I expected it to, but the issues that we had spent the last couple of months talking about with Joe Milton very much presented itself out there on the field last night against Bowling Green. 615 1045. I walked in before I even sat down. We had phone callers on the line. So let's start things off with Joshua, who's in Laverne. He wants to talk about the Vols last night. What's up, Joshua? Hey, what's up, guys? Nothing much. Hey, uh, yeah, I just had a comment about uh, the offense uh, early looks a lot like Cheney's offense. You know, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, the up tempo, it seems like there should be a time and place for it. You know, just not run it constantly all the time. Because when it doesn't work, you uh, turn the ball over, you know. So, but 
and then on that fourth down, man, I mean, you got a quarterback back there, you know, six foot nine and 200 whatever pounds. Just pound that ball in, you know. Well, I mean, as it, as it relates, and thank you for the call, Joshua, 615-737-1045 is the number. I mean, as it relates to fourth down calls, like nobody nobody was worse on fourth down than Bowling Green last night. That fourth and one play action pass, I wanted to fight the Bowling Green coaching staff. <laughs> what are you doing there? Uh, How are we, I mean, to Joshua's point, like if the Vols are going to overthink it, what is Bowling Green doing there? Somebody, somebody make that make sense to me. But yeah, so there's a variety of different ways and conversations to have about this today because I do, you know, I liked what I saw. How could you not like what you saw in the first quarter where they're scoring on their first two drives? You've got a quarterback who's mobile, but the mobility of the quarterback, what is he doing in the pocket when he's just standing there flat-footed and then he just launches the ball 60 yards down the field and misses? I got so pissed watching Joe Milton in those moments because his he doesn't look like a quarterback and i i get that i get that college is different than the pros okay like the vast majority of my life and my time i spend watching the nfl and i understand that the game in college is vastly different than it is in the nfl and the quarterbacking in college is vastly different than it is in the nfl but i have to think that somebody has had to have talked to joe milton about the fact that he can't just stand there flat-footed in the pocket and launch the ball that's not how you play the position I mean, the mechanics of it, we can we can critique. I just, you you played a team that was thoroughly and utterly inept. You allowed that team to hold you to eight total yards of offense in the second quarter. I, I, I hammered that, and I got it at 35. I know some people got it at 36 or even up to 37 and a half last night, the line. For whatever reason, it kept moving just because... I think more and more people were stumbling into the stats that Lucas had brought to the table yesterday. And then Vegas Vegas got wind of them because, of course, we are a very powerful and mighty show. We reach all the way to the desert. And apparently they're finding out that the quarterbacks, the starting quarterback for Bowling Green coming into this game was one touchdown to six interceptions and completed 44% of his passes last, last season. And that the leading receiver from last season had six catches for 97 yards. Like, this is this is a... And I, it got to the point where I just felt bad for the Bowling Green players. And I'm not, I'm, I don't want to just make today about what we were, what we're going to be critical of. Because I think there are plenty of positives to take away. The defense looked great, but you expect them to, right? You are expecting them to be able to handle a lesser level of competition. And they did that in spades. I was, I was surprisingly, I was surprisingly comforted by the defensive line in particular, because they seem to have depth there. We'll see how it holds up once they get against a little tougher competition. But still, they seem like they, from the outside linebackers to the defensive line, they seem like they can rotate enough guys in there to create a competent pass rush, which makes you feel better about the rest of the defense. Now, I I think that Jeremy Banks is still a liability at linebacker. (laughs) I don't think anything about that has changed. I think that there are moments... When you look at this particular team and you say, okay, the offensive line you feel pretty good about, but if Cooper Mays goes down at center, you saw how different that dynamic looked like as well. So there's a lot of different ways that we're going to dissect that. But more than anything, what we were looking for, and I think by consensus, and if you want to jump in, 615-737-1045, your reaction to this Vols 38-6 victory over Bowling Green all day long, basically until we get to Coach Mack because there was some Titans news 
yesterday that we will discuss, and it does. I think it does have a legitimate impact on this coming year if this is going to be the case with two guys going on IR on offense who I think should have mattered to the larger picture, but at this point have not been able have have wildly disappointed. And I'll explain what's going on with that before Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio joins us at twelve twenty. But in the meantime, the situation with the Vols and Josh Heupel, I saw from the coaching staff competency, what I saw from the offense concerned me, not last night, but for the future, just because you cannot make the kind of mistakes that they were making, and maybe this is just a product of what the football team is this year. Like, maybe this is just setting the table for what we should expect moving forward into the rest of the games. Like, who was the caller that called in yesterday driving to Knoxville screaming, 14-0, balls are back, baby, feels like 98. He's got his cruise control set on 98. He's got his thermostat in the house set on 98. Everybody's feeling great. And 38-6 and to six is great. Maybe I'm nitpicking today. If I am, please check me. I'm, I'm down to have this conversation. If you guys disagree with what I'm saying today, but I feel like most people experience this game the way that I experience this game. And how I experienced this game was that they beat an opponent. It's, it's refreshing to see a Tennessee team beat, a, beat an opponent that they're supposed to beat. But what I'm looking at is fundamental issues with the person who's responsible for orchestrating the offense on the field, being Joe Milton, that I don't necessarily know if this is a season-long solution at this point. It's just one game. There's room for improvement for him. There's room for improvement for the rest of the offense. There's room for improvement team-wide. But the issues with Joe Milton, we had a little bit of background on coming out of Michigan. And those are the things that started to pop up and made me realize, okay, this is still the player who I believed him to be coming into this year. 615-737-1045. Lines are loaded. Let's go to Anthony, who is he's on his way to Buffalo. Anthony, are you traveling right now? Anthony, you're on the air. Hello? You're on the air, man. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, uh, I'm sorry, i give you just a quick sec. So, I was wondering, what's the, uh, what exactly you talk the, uh, the whole line on the games? So, you know, can I take Tennessee or can I take whoever's playing Tennessee for the rest of the year and make money? I mean, I I would. Honestly, and I don't know about through the rest of the year because they're going to play Tennessee Tech, and thank you for the call. I mean, the line last night got up to 37.5, which is outrageous in a college football game. Um, even if even if Bowling Green, you know, they didn't have a loss by by less than 25 points last year, went 0-5 in their conference conference play in a pandemic-shortened season. So, like, I'm, I, I, you're making money if you're betting against the Vols this year. I just, and again, I think there is room for growth. I think they're capable of growth. Jalen Hyatt cannot have the kind of drops that he had last night. As much as I spent, and maybe this is my own fault for hyping him up the way that I did yesterday, but I believe him to be the most important player on that offense outside of the quarterback, and I thought I found him wildly disappointing. Yeah, a lot of yards were left out there, whether it was Hyatt drops, Milton leaving receivers open, not going to the right option. A lot of yards were left out there. I felt so bad for Cedric Tillman. I was made angry. For Cedric Tillman, because his stat sheet should have looked a hell of a lot better, even though he averaged 24 yards a catch. He only caught two balls, 
because Milton couldn't hit him when he was running wide open down the middle of the field. Drove me crazy. 615-737-1045. Marlon is in Murfreesboro. He wants to talk about Joe Milton. What's up, Marlon? What's going on, guys? Man, How we're living doing? great on this Friday. Hey, I want, all I want to say is is that I wish everybody was looking at the uh, all the comments this morning, and I wish everybody would stop giving the kid a hard time. It was just it's only one game. And if you think about if you think about the whole thing, he did his job. He did what Hypo asked him to do. If you go back and look at that tape, they only uh, ran maybe three plays the whole night. And the reason why they ran three plays the whole night is because all of SEC was watching watching this game. So why would you bring out your whole playbook? They could have won against Bowling Green with one play last night. That's all I have to say. Hey, you know what, Marlon? I, and and this is this is kind of where you know I I don't want to overreact today. This is a win. They looked so much better than what I watched last year. And maybe it was just refreshing to see somebody who's not Jarrett Garantano quarterbacking the Tennessee Volunteers. Maybe that's, maybe that's why it felt so much different. But I do think, I don't want to be overly critical, but I do think that it is fair to be critical of the opportunities that he missed. He's not going to be perfect in his first outing. Nobody is expecting him to be. But I'm not asking for perfection. I'm asking for competency. And there was moments last night where Joe Milton, as the quarterback of this team, did not look competent. For the most part, he did. He did his job. We'll talk about it with John Reed coming up next. Your phone calls as well. Loaded reaction show to Tennessee's victory over Bowling Green last night. What did you like? What did you not like? 615-737-1045. We'll talk about it with the uh, the leader of the leader of the uh, the fan base as far as I'm concerned. King John Reed up next. I'm Buck Rising and this is 1045 the zone. Bob Kessling on the call last night the Vol Network you can hear of course. You're home for the Tennessee Vols right here on 1045 the zone. 12 plays 66 yards. It's how Josh Heupel's offense opened the season, a four-yard touchdown run, one of two touchdown runs that Joe Milton had last night out of the quarterback on third and one from the Bowling Green four. So you like what you saw in the running game, certainly. And and listen, I don't I don't want to completely dismiss the passing game, but the, the running game was something that I thought was incredibly impressive. Now, they got into a position where they could continue to run the ball and kill the clock once they had a comfortable lead, but still. I felt much better about the running game than I did about the passing game last night. 615-737-1045. John Reed of Fox Sports Knoxville going to join us here in just a second. Uh, but first, we go to your phones. Brian is in Nashville. He wants to talk about Tennessee today. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Man, we're doing great. That's great. Uh, I got a couple different points. Uh, I think uh, Joe Melton, he needs to work on his touch he got a strong arm, but he don't have a bit of touch. And, you know, the way he's standing in the pocket, that ain't something he's just done in the game. He do that at practice, too. So who's ever the quarterback coach need to be talked to? Uh, another point, I think the O-line going to struggle in the SEC competition. They ran the ball well, but not that good. I appreciate the call, Brian. 615-737-1045 is how you jump in. I mean, my thing with Milton is, listen, the the touch passes that he was or was not throwing, uh, those those will improve with reps. Now, you have to remember that they didn't name him. They probably knew that Joe Milton was going to be the starting quarterback for quite some time. 
long before they actually named him the starting quarterback. But the thing that is going to improve his touch on those passes is simply repping it out. And what is better than anything to rep it out with when we're talking about the Tennessee Vols is John Reed. King John Reed of Fox Sports Knoxville joins us now here on 104.5 The Zone. All right, big dog, what'd you make? Well, Buck, yesterday I spent $500 at the vet to take care of my sick puppy. Oh. I, I stood in line at the beginning of the Tennessee game for 35 minutes as one poor woman tried to serve a stadium full of people. With all that being said, the second quarter was by far the worst moment of my life. <laughs> the second quarter of watching Tennessee, whatever that was, watching Bowling Green control the ball was the worst moment of my life. Okay, so let's let's talk about that second quarter because that, that, that is not the worst thing. I mean, it is the worst thing that they did last night. And obviously you're, you're comforted, I would imagine, a little bit by the result, but like, what do you make of Joe Milton in this offense? Because I had low expectations for him, John. And, I again, I, I thought he performed admirably, more often than not. But that cannot happen against a team that did not win or, or lost every game by at least 25 points last year. It simply can't. I thought Joe Milton looked great in the first uh, quarter, the first five or six minutes. Sure. He then completed two passes the last three quarters of the game. Uh, just put it mildly, like you said, that can't happen. Yeah, if that happens next week against Pittsburgh, Tennessee will lose by 17 points. I think that, like you said, as I was coming on, they knew he was the starter, I think, from the moment he transferred in. But it was a weird phenomenon with the Tennessee fan base, right? Like, he transfers in, people still thought, okay, Harrison Bailey. And then, fall, you know, fall camp starts, you start seeing the pictures of him. You're like, oh, wow, he's big and strong. The baby Cam Newton comparison started happening. Ah. They started out kind of as a joke. And then you memed yourself into actually thinking he was going to be this, you know, star quarterback that could elevate a team. And what you saw last night is a guy that, you know, got benched at Michigan. I, I thought he looked a lot like that, to be honest. Yeah, John double underscore Reed is where you can follow King John Reed of Fox Sports Knoxville here on 104.5 The Zone, you can also check out the Reed's Ranch podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. So let's let's start with the offense non-quarterback division. I thought the running game was the was the highlight of, of both sides of the football. I thought the running game, including Joe Milton, was exceptional is probably too strong of a word, but I had, I'd been curious about their depth at running back. I've been curious about how Jabari Small was going to perform. I thought he looked great. I did think, though, that things changed drastically, John, when Cooper Mays was not in the game at center. That seemed to really affect their chemistry up front. Well, see, that's going to be the problem, is Tennessee has five-and-a-half offensive linemen. I mean, that's kind of, you know, looking at the depth start heading into the season. Your sixth guy was a walk-on from East Tennessee that has a scholarship now. And you saw last night, as soon as one injury happened, the offensive line, you know, looked a lot different. It looked worse. And that's game one, Buck. Like, what happens in SEC play? What happens just in a given game with the pace the offense is trying to play? Like, you're going to have to play eight, nine, ten offensive linemen, and I just don't think Tennessee has the depth there to, you know, compete deep into the conference season. Uh, and I think I, you know, that's that's the biggest concern about this roster as the whole, right? The depth. Now on the on the defensive side of the ball, John, I thought 
you know, again, it's against Bowling Green. We're grading on that scale. But as they kept rolling, you know, multiple defensive linemen in throughout the course of the game, and I didn't really see any kind of substantial drop-off. Now, maybe that means that their talent level plateaus at a certain point, and it's not going to look like that against, for example, Ole Miss or Pittsburgh, as you're talking about next week. But I think I felt a little better about the depth on the opposite side of the ball, on the defensive line specifically, based on what I saw them do yesterday. Yeah, that's something you know I want to see against better opponents because, let's face it, guys, like Bowling Green is, Awful, one of the worst teams in college football. But the defensive line looked really good. I thought, you know, Elijah Simmons, the junkyard dog, was making some plays. Nashville's own. And Nashville's own. Nashville's own. That poor center. Oh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's Bowling Green. I'm going to reserve judgment there. Although, you know, Tennessee's best coach on their staff is the defensive line coach, and Ronnie Garner. So I'm not surprised that they look good and like they're the best unit because I think they have the best coach on the roster. There's also something to be said for just the fact that they were able to line up right, right? Because that was a whole oh. issue throughout last season. But with that said, John, how much does it concern you? No turnovers forced last night. One interception, but ruled out with the pass interference. Probably shouldn't have been a pass interference. Either way, it would have cost them 20 yards because it was on fourth down. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's face it. I thought Tennessee should have dominated Bowling Green a little bit more. Only gave up six points. So not, you know, concerned at all about the defense just from last night. I don't think they were tested. Again, I want to see how they handle Pittsburgh's rushing attack and if they can handle that. Fumbles, turnovers, they're kind of, I don't want to call them luck because that's not the case, but turnovers are, you know, you have to be opportunistic and they didn't have really any opportunities outside of the, like you said, the interception that was overturned. If that isn't overturned and they have one interception, we probably feel okay about it. John Reed is here with us uh, from Fox Sports Knoxville. John double underscore Reed is where you can follow him. Host of Talk Sports over there in Knoxville from noon to three Eastern time. So, Reed, I guess I guess if you had to summarize last night' performance outside of the first quarter that it sounds like you spent waiting in line for a white claw, how would you kind of put a bow on the entirety of that game? Okay, well, first of all, Buck, you know we have that new that new love. You know, that new honeymoon phase we're in. We get, we're exciting, thinking maybe we're soulmates. Yes. Lucas, you know I love you like a brother, so I don't think we have to lie to each other here. To sum up the game, I think it was a a worst-case scenario kind of thing. I think people are going to lose a lot of optimism coming out, out of that game. And that's, you know, a 32-point win. That's one thing that, you know, kind of be happy about. Good job. But at the same time, man, like, I feel a lot more like five and seven than I did yesterday. And and that's just – is it just because of the quarterback or is that all the things that we talked about with the offensive issues? Everything. The quarterback – look, I, I thought Joe Milton had to be special to kind of raise the ceiling of this team. I'm not going to say, like, I'm done with Joe Milton. I'm not saying that by any means. He's going to have to get better. But I think it was obvious last night that he's not going to be special. He's not going to be a ceiling raiser. The people that had talked themselves into him, you know, being able to come here and be outstanding, I think, got a dose of reality last night. But also, guys, I was a little disappointed with the wide receivers. Oh, they my God. With some drops. And just, and I just didn't think they played very well. And I'm worried about that whenever they play against better defense. Because, again, guys, Bowling Green is awful. Yeah. 
No catches for Valus Jones. Well, and then just poor Cedric Tillman. I mean, we talked about the earlier uh, about that earlier in the show. He just couldn't. He caught two passes, but one he had to go up and moss a dude to make in the end zone, and the rest of them Milton was just missing them. Yeah. John Reed yeah, I mean, of Fox Sports. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Reed. No, you're good. I'm just, I like Tillman. Tillman is a you know a good body. I like him. He's physical. He made some great catches, but I mean, he can't be your best receiver. And last night he was your best receiver. And that's why Tennessee only completed 11 passes. Or 12, I guess. Well, a a good dose of realism from John Reed of Fox Sports Knoxville. Again, check out Talk Sports uh, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You can listen to to it live. Lucas got one more for you on the way out, Reed, and then we'll let you you proceed with your own show. I don't want to take up all your takes before you get started today. Hey, yeah, come on. I would, I would talk to you for hours if I could. We love to see it. <laughs> I, I kind of had this theory going into the season that with the apathy that ended last year and the exhaustion of another era getting started up in Knoxville, is there more of a wait-and-see vibe with this with the fan base now than there was with the last couple regimes? Because it was always Butch is going to be the one, right? And then Pruitt, he's a ball coach. He's an SEC guy. He's going to be the one. But I haven't seen Josh Heupel is the one to lead Tennessee back. Is there more of a wait-and-see vibe, at least on your show, from what you've seen over there this season? Yeah, I mean, on one hand, Lucas, you know, fans are just beaten down. You know, you've been waiting forever oh, to you know, be back. Yeah. And at the same time, like, I mean, at least with Jeremy Pruitt, you could buy into the idea that he had put together a really good staff that could recruit, at least on paper. With Josh Heupel, you don't really have that. So I think there's just some concerns about, a, is the system going to work at Tennessee? But B, like, is he going to be able to get any guys? Like, is he going to be able to fill out a, a team of good players? Can he recruit at that level? And I would say more people are pessimistic about that than any coach before. John Reed, all right, it, it's it's a dose of realism that the people need today because I do, I did, you know, I, I, I like that they had a plan, Reed, as a coaching staff. I just didn't think the talent on the field executed it up to the standards that I know everybody has set for this team. But I appreciate you taking some time, my brother. We'll definitely catch up again soon. I love you both. Have a good day. <laughs> I do love that, man. 615-737-1045. What do, you, what do you make of what Reed's saying there? Do you think that today we are, we are being too optimistic about what we saw last night, given the level of competition? By the way, I think... Reed is is a more realistic person than I, I think most fans of a team would be. I do think it's okay to have some sense of joy based on the fact that you went out and smacked the holy hell out of an opponent that you're supposed to beat. It's been so long since Tennessee has been able to do simply that. So I'm not trying to I'm not trying to come out here and piss on uh fans fans' enthusiasm today. That's not what we're trying to accomplish at all. But we do at the same time need to take a step back and kind of walk through exactly what it is that happened on the field last night. Because I do think while they did perform well and they did win by 32 points, all of that is good. They should have they should have been able to do so much more. 615-737-1045. Let's go to Randy and Franklin who's been waiting patiently. He wants to talk about Joe Milton. What's up, Randy? Hey, Buck. How we living? Hey, Buck. I got you, buddy. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hello. Oh, Randy, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, hey, Buck. Can you hear me? <laughs> I sure can, buddy. Go ahead. Oh, there we go. There we go. Hey, appreciate your uh, show. You do a great job for us. Thank you. Hey, uh, the uh, thing that worries me is is there's 
some things that are coachable and some things aren't coachable. Um, I know when Tebow was uh, a quarterback, they are always uh, they are some different coaches trying to get rid of his hits and change his motion. Those things are hard to change. Uh, I feel like uh, touch is kind of that way, and I think it's hard for a, a coach to get a guy to change what he's doing. He might do it in practice, but when he gets on the field in the game, it's hard to make the hard, you know hard to uh, uh, make that adjustment. Uh, anticipation, he just needs a lot of reps. Uh, because of the way the camera works on, t- on on these games, you can't tell what's going on downfield. They're right. kind of zeroed in on on uh, what's going on between the line and the quarterback. So I don't know if the guys weren't open or if he just couldn't find guys that were open. A couple of times they showed guys after the you know after the play they do a rerun uh, of a play, and a guy'd be running he he ran into the slot wide open and the ball's not coming. So uh, I just feel like. There's just there's just so many rough edges with him. It's, like, it's going to take a lot of work to get him where he, where he can compete well against these better teams. Well, and I feel like we knew that, Randy. Thank you for the call. 615-737-1045 is how you jump in. I, nobody, nobody was saying that – nobody came into last night saying that Joe Milton was going to be this kind of refined, prototypical pocket-passing quarterback, nor did I think that he was going to be able to – no, excuse me, nor that I think he was going to be able to – really live up to the kind of, you know, glowing praise that somebody like Alex Golish, right, the offensive coordinator for Tennessee, where he basically wrote a love letter to Joe Milton at a press conference. Dear Joe. That's what I'm saying. Like, this this, romantiz- this romanticization, I think I put too many C's in there, but you know what I'm saying. Romanticizing what Joe Milton is does not do Joe Milton any favors. Now, maybe it's good for your coordinator to talk about you in that sense, publicly, it gets your confidence up. It lets you think that you can perform at that level. And by the way, I do think that there are some redeeming qualities to Joe Milton. This is not today going to be an indictment of Joe Milton, even though the three court, the, the, the last three quarters of the game, I really thought he played poorly outside of what he was able to do on the ground. I'm just talking about what, that, what it meant to their passing game. Nobody, nobody went into last night saying that he was going to be able to play this position at a high level, but I do need to see better execution from him. And he can he can afford to grow, right? It's just you started with Bowling Green, which is probably outside of Tennessee Tech, your, your least competent level of competition this year. Pittsburgh is a solid, competent football team, and they are going to be able to disrupt you far more. We rarely saw Joe Milton under pressure last night. And when we did, we saw him make plays with his legs, but it really wasn't anything that he wasn't able to do without breaking a sweat. I mean, he looked pretty comfortable in there, despite there were bodies flying around him. We'll continue this conversation coming up next. The lines are loaded. We're going to get to as many of you guys as humanly possible because I know everybody wants to react to this Vols game last night. We'll, we'll talk about what we liked, talk about what we didn't like as well. Coming up next, I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone. Milton, back to throw, looks, can't find anybody up, and now he's going to fire it for the end zone. That pass is going to be a jumping attempt, and touchdown, Tennessee. That was Cedric Tillman on the 40-yard catch. 40-yard catch by Cedric Tillman, but he should have had a bunch more of those, man. Again, we're trying to be realistic about a victory. 
today here on the show. 615-737-1045. The lines are loaded. We'll get to your phones here in just a second. But Joe Milton's accuracy down the field, I don't care if he can throw the ball 80 yards if he can't hit one. If he can't hit a wide receiver um, within 10, he overthrew them on these two pat on these two just egregious deep passes that he had. And that really, I think that more than anything bothered me out of everything that happened last night, because you cannot have those missed opportunities against a higher caliber opponent. A little too much juice, too much juice, too much torque for the big man last night. The chat, the chat on YouTube is calling him baby Cam Newton and that I cannot abide. Did have the Superman celebration that first touchdown. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Joey Heisman. <laughs> Relax. 615-737-1045. Justin is in Franklin. He wants to talk about Joe Milton. What's up, Justin? Buck, what's going on? You started off with the uh, with the Snoop Dogg, and it inspired me. I was like, one, two, three into the four. Seconds in the pocket, and he still ain't let it go. Ah. Like, what is he doing in the pocket? Ah. <laughs> yes. What is he doing, Buck? Buck, what is he doing, dog? He's just standing there flat-footed. And I'm just sitting there like, that's a sack in the SEC. That's a sack in the SEC. That's a sack in the SEC. You Justin. can't we, uh, uh. Everybody's like, go Vols, we won, but we won against, we won against uh, uh, Billingsville Middle School. What are, what are we cheering about? What are we cheering about? You're, you're, what, cheering, what, you're what, cheering for 38 points, right? Because how long has it been since the Vols scored 38 points? But, Justin, you were so spot on, and I love that we inspired him that way. That's probably – you know what? Rack him. Rack him. There was a little delay, but it's getting better. 615-737-1045. No, that's what I'm saying. I, the way that he just stands there, I could not, I could not process. I don't know why he is the way that he is when it comes to that. There is pocket presence 0.0, Mr. Blutarski. I don't know. It seems like he's almost stunned, you know, like frozen in time for a few moments. I I thought that there was something wrong with my TV. Or, or like he doesn't know what to do with that protection. Because there are a couple plays where the offensive line are doing as much as they possibly can. Oh, this is, this is like, this is Logan. Okay, so just to put it in context of the Titans, right? Logan Woodside, the biggest indictment of Logan Woodside is the Titans' backup quarterback because he holds onto the ball too long. And his, his protection in front of him breaks down. Because in the NFL, and I'm sure in college this is the case too, but in the NFL, the the timing of the protection in front of a quarterback is timed out to the millisecond based on the number of steps that a quarterback is taking his drop in, right? Three-step drop. Get rid of the ball in a second and a half, no longer, or it's a sack. You got one job. Get rid of the ball. Don't hold it and then bomb it down the field. Take, take, go through your reads. And he's clearly, he's not able to do that. His pocket mobility, I mean, there's a difference between being a mobile quarterback and having pocket mobility. And he is literally the exact opposite of pocket mobility because his feet are flat on the ground. (laughs) I could not get over that. I don't know that I've seen that at any level of football where the dude is just standing there. And he's kind of turning to his right, and he's turning to his left, and then he just rips one 60 yards down the field because it's easy for him. But God almighty, that can't happen. 615-737-1045. Danny is in Murfreesboro. He wants to talk about the Vols. What's up, Danny? What up, Buck? So, yeah, last night I really liked what I saw. 
on a lot of levels. Um, I think that everything that y'all just said about Joe Milton rings very, very true. I thought my TV was bust, like my YouTube TV was like scamming me or something like that because I thought that everyone was standing still. But I was like, oh wait, the linemen are still moving. What the hell's wrong with the quarterback? Right. Anyway, so I can say that of all the takeaways last night, I think Evans is our RB1. That guy looks fluid. He's got great moves. He can see the field well. I liked everything that I saw from him. And on the defense, I mean, Tyler Barron looked athletic. He looked quick off the line in yeah. his two-position, uh, two uh, or his two-technique, rather. Everything that he did was looking really good. And, and the most positive thing about all of this to me was that I was expecting Tennessee to put up 55, 60 points. And if not for a couple of drops and egregious overthrows by Milton, we had those – I mean, those points were there. So, Heupel's offense is doing what it should. We just got to get the players to tighten things up here and there. No drops anymore. Number 11, I forget his name. Uh, and Milton, man, you just got to – got, you got to be a little bit more accurate on those deep balls, especially when it's a gimme touchdown, my man. Right, and there were, there were at least two that I counted. Thanks for the call, Danny. 615-737-1045. Here's – okay, so here's my biggest positive, right? And we'll talk about this more in the, uh, later, more in the show. And and the lines are loaded, so we'll get to we'll get to Daryl and Philip and Mike here in just a second. But I like that Heupel, Again, the execution was poor, not just by Milton. Milton is Milton is getting most of the heat today. He shouldn't, and it's crazy that anybody is getting any kind of heat in a thirty-two point win. But again, you're grading on the scale of Bowling Green. But I loved that the coaching staff came out there with a plan. You saw the plan. You saw what exactly this thing is supposed to look like. You saw how many different fronts they were able to run out of. You saw a defense that could go a couple guys deep across the front and continue to create pressure. I think your linebackers are a liability. But still, right now, you have to baby steps, right? Walk before you can run. And they they walked last night, which is crazy to say, given that there were 38 points on the board. You saw what might be a microcosm for what you're going to see from this offense this season, right? The first quarter was came out what you expected. It was as advertised. It was fast. It was efficient, up-tempo, productive, and then stalled out for an entire quarter of play. Well, and see, it looked like they, they figured out Joe Milton. And if Bowling Green can figure out Joe Milton, what's Nick Saban going to do to him? You know what I'm saying? Like, that more than anything... The idea that it took only a quarter for the offense to become I, not, not, I'm trying to think of the correct word. I don't know that they necessarily just figured out everything that they were doing offensively. I think they just figured out Joe Milton, and then they struggled as a result. Now, again, as we talked about, the starting center, Cooper Mays, going down matters in a big way. I do not want to understate how important, I mean, just, just look at, what, what the offense for the Titans looked like in the preseason without Ben Jones, right? Daniel Munyer, who's currently on IR, is not capable of playing center at the NFL level. That does more harm to your offense than maybe anything else out on the field outside of competent quarterback play. I really do believe that because the center is as critical, as the, almost as critical as the quarterback is across the board. But with with all of these things... I think you have to look at the coaching staff and you have to say, okay, you feel pretty good about what it is that they're being, what they're asking the players to execute. But it is, again, also on the coaching staff to get the players to a point where they can execute at the level that they're being asked. And that is not where this team is just yet. 615-737-1045.
Uh, we will come back. We will continue with your phone calls. Daryl will lead us off. I know the lines are loaded, and you guys are passionate about this. What did you like? What did you not like? If you want to, if you if you want to check us and say that there's more positivity that you found out of that game, I welcome that. But it's been it's been interesting to see the level of uh, criticism <laughs> that the Vols are getting in a 32 point win. I'm Buck Rising. This is 104.5 The Zone.